to the Kramer Says Podcast. Welcome to the show. My name is Kramer. This is the Kramer Says Podcast. And uh, before we get started with our guest today, let's do uh, some house cleaning. Uh, if you haven't been over to the Kramer Says Shop, it's our merch store. Get yourself over there. Get yourself a t-shirt, mug, or hat, or whatever we got for sale over there. 100% of the proceeds go to help J6 detainees and their families. 100% of the proceeds. It doesn't go in my pocket. I don't keep it. It goes to them and their families. We're trying to raise $100,000. Go over and do your part at KramerSays.shop. And if if you want some free speech, you can also head over to KramerSays.com, which is our social media platform. It's a Facebook-like experience. Get over there and talk to your friends, make a community and so on. It's 100% free. And here's the thing. It's 100% free speech. Nobody has ever been kicked off or censored because of what they're saying, even the stuff I don't like. Now, let's get to our guest this morning. Um, our guest is a Michigan, Michigan native. Her name is Donna Brandenburg. She was born, raised, and educated in Michigan. She's a serial entrepreneur in the uh, energy sector, rail, real estate, ag and farming, technology. But here's the reason I wanted to talk to her is that uh, in, in 2022, she threw her hat into the ring of politics in Michigan. And well, it got really ugly. It got really dirty. Um, there were a bunch of shenanigans and people ended up going to prison. When I hear those kind of stories, I got to get to the bottom of it. Uh, I'd like to welcome our guest this morning, Donna Brandenburg. Welcome to the Kramer Says Podcast. How are you doing? Good. Very good this morning. How are you, Tim? It's wonderful I'm to be here. I'm doing well. Thanks for uh, thanks for agreeing to, to come on here and talk to me about your uh, your issues that that happened in Michigan. So so let's get down to the bottom of it. Um, you you decided to throw your hat in the ring. You've been successful your entire career, and then you find out that politics, especially in Michigan, aren't really what they're well they're they're not as honest and transparent as they claim to be. Is that correct? That that's absolutely true. This is so rigged, and it's rigged farther back in the process than what people realize it is. As a true outsider, so I had never been involved in politics. I pretty much hated all of it. Um, I, I I claim to be an equal opportunity political hater, actually, because I think all of them are liars, cheats, and thieves, and they pretty much are. So you know, and, and I'm I'm pretty raw with the truth on on what I see. But th this started this started way right after I threw my hat in the ring and I was asked to run by several um, several individuals and groups and such because I think they know that I'm a little bit unwavering when it comes to ethics and such. So I went up to Mackinac Island, the Republican Party uh, conference up there, and they had an electioneering, I call it the Michonne Maddock electioneering rally because they did a straw poll and they only included uh, five of the candidates, and there was more candidates there, which is an illegal straw poll, number one, and uh, because it is electioneering. And uh, so I started seeing it right there. And then, of course, I had um, we had problems with the signatures. And that was that's another that's another way that they rigged the election is qualifying people to even get on the ballot. You you it is almost impossible to get on the ballot without being part of the machine. Now, I did get on the ballot. And uh, the signature gatherers that we, we hired uh, gatherers and verifiers, and they are right now today, in fact, they were in um, uh, the attorneys were meeting at the attorney general's office in Michigan because three of them are under 27 felony counts right now against them. Be this, is how, this is how corrupt it is. Every step of the way, it is corrupted. It, it, this, is, this is how bad it is. When I first started running, so I wasn't part of any political organization, so I went ahead to, to you know, to unravel this the way a business owner would. Yeah, you're starting business. from scratch. You don't know anybody. So I, was, I had no no idea whatsoever, which is which is the way it should be. Anyone right. should be able to run for office. 
it shouldn't just be for those that have a lot of money or those that are in an elite group or something like this. Anyone should be able to run for office. I and I do believe that. But I even I even called down to the state of Michigan because you have to use specific petitions. As someone down there, and I in fact I recorded the conversation because I, I knew and I was warned about several things. And they told me, oh, just go ahead and Xerox, they use that term, Xerox them off and fill them out. Well, you really can't do that. And then she proceeded to tell me that, uh, you know, she proceeded to tell me that, oh, it's fine. Just, just fill it in. Handwritten is just as good or better. It's actually better than a printed copy of your name and address and such. And in fact, one of my um, opponents, Tudor Dixon, every single one of her her petitions were incorrect. She had the wrong information on the header and they let her her slide through because she was one of the five also that was on this illegal straw poll. So they had them all picked out the, the, who was going to run even and, and who would who would make it to the end. And this was the Republican ballot. So I I got kicked off the ballot illegally. I there was no challenge. There was no rule of law followed. There was no due process, nothing. And in fact, the Board of Elections lost 10,000 of my signatures. So when I went in the, the hearing, I found out three days before the hearing, the rest of the candidates had had lots of warning. We, if they were, if there was any fraud problems that they knew, and they knew about it all the way back in March, fast forward to May, and I find out from the media on May 23, there was no, there was no prior challenge, nothing, which is illegal. And so I go into this hearing and all of a sudden I had dropped off 27,500 signatures and they lost 10,000 of them and disqualified uh, a significant enough to kick me off the ballot just by a stroke of a pen. They didn't do the process of going back to the to the clerks in the town. They just said, oh, they're fraudulent, out of here, and they, they nullified all of them. Well, I finally, I, I sued in Supreme Court. I had to get it going really quick. I didn't even have any attorneys lined up. So this was quite a scramble. Right. Sued in the Supreme Court. Supreme Court decided to be the cowards that they are in the state of Michigan, kick the can down the road and refuse to refuse to make a ruling on it. So then I went to federal court. The federal court judge did rule that my rights were indeed violated, but refused to offer um, restitution and put me back on the ballot um, for what happened. So here I am floating out there. The uh, the Constitution Party in Michigan, it's the U.S. Taxpayers Party, but that is the Constitution Party. We're the national affiliate. Had asked me to run under them before I announced as a Republican, and uh, I, I went to them. I said, "Well, do you guys want me?" And they said, "Absolutely." So I ran there. I won the nomination. Got on again. Once again, someone out there committed what amounts to a 14-year felony, and I was once again kicked off the ballot again. And uh, then we quick hustled around, had a new convention, and I renominated, and I was on the ballot in Michigan as the candidate for the Constitution Party. So you did the majority of your fighting wasn't trying to win a campaign; it was just trying to get on the on the ballot. It was to get on the ballot as well as run a campaign against a political machine. Which I will tell you right now, there's so many political operatives out there. It's really shocking, and and I hate to say this, but I am going to bring up Israel and Palestine right now, because when you when you get political organizations that are willing to do anything to win, 
just to win. That's what it is. It's not even to hit a goal. It's to make teams and get on a winning team and absolutely decimate the opponent. You got a problem. Now I posted a story yesterday and this is, this is what I'm talking about. And, and the, the, the people in politics, they will, the dirty politics is incredible. They, they will not, they're not out for America. They are not out for we, the people, they are out to keep themselves in power. And that goes for both sides. We have a political uniparty. They could care less about the people. They they will destroy the people. So yesterday I posted a story about uh, one of the soldiers in Israel, and he picked up. They they were told to uh, move into sort of a humanitarian effort and to help people. So he picked up this dad who had a child who it looked like had had part of her a couple fingers um, that were blown off. He picked them up brought them back into the, the hospital. And uh, once he got there, he realized, he said, her face will haunt me the rest of my life. And the real story was that her father cut off two of the fingers to be able to use her own child as a weapon to get into the medical camp to, to, as a spy. And, uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, but um, people are, are willing to do terrible things just to win. And instead of doing the right thing under all circumstances. And that's one of the things that I said from the beginning, I'm not going to play the money game. I won't take the dark money. I won't take the pack money. I'll either win this thing honestly, or I won't win. And that's okay too. That's in God's hands. And I'm okay with that. But until we get that attitude that, that the means don't justify the ends, we will never have an honest election and we will never have a country that truly is for the people listening to what the people say and carrying out the wishes exactly. of the everyday hero that goes to work every day. Yep, exactly. Donna, it's amazing. Um, similar type of thing happened to me in the state of Indiana. I worked with the Republican Party for a number of years and during COVID spoke out and was told by the caucus, uh, either shut up or you'll lose the business with the caucus. Um my dad taught me uh, that right is right and wrong is wrong. My mom instilled it in me that right is right, wrong is wrong. It's black and white. There are no gray areas. If you take a little gray paint or black paint and you put it into white paint, it's no longer pure white paint. If you put a little drop of white paint into a, a bucket of black paint, it's no longer pure. And when you lie a little bit and when you're corrupt just a little bit, well, it corrupts the whole thing. You don't get just a little bit. Um, right. You know, I was thrown out of the Republican Party in the state of Indiana. And, and when you say these things and you go on, you know, the news or you go out and you, you talk about it, people go, oh, it's just sore grapes. You're upset that you got, you know, booted and they didn't like you. You couldn't get into the club. That's not it. That's not what happened with me at all. In fact, people were horrified on the, on the ground. There were so many people that were horrified as to what happened to me that really knew what was going on. And uh, I actually had a special investigator at the AG's office, and I thought this was really telling, that they said, um, they said you realize they had to get rid of four other candidates just to get you off that ballot because, you know, I'm friends with General Flynn, and I was going to go in there and cut this thing back to the way that you should and run it as a business. And that means right now about 90% of what we have sitting, you know, sitting that parades as government is actually unconstitutional and illegal. So we go back to the rights given by God, guaranteed um, by the Constitution, the highest law of the land. The Constitution is not there as a rule or law for we the people. That is the constraint on the government so that it doesn't overreach or usurp their delegated 
authority and their their duties. So that's that's why they keep going after the Constitution. That's not for us. It's to protect us, but it's to constrain what they are able to do, uh, you know, to us and or to set up their little tyranny dictatorships, well, which example of we that have right here. Donna, there's a clip of Joe Biden from years ago when he could actually speak and talk and communicate. Uh, and, and could he just, actually speak? Could he ever actually speak and talk? Well, I always, you know, he was a lot better. Let me put it that way. Uh, in this case, they ask him, they, he goes, he goes, he goes, we'll always abide by the law. And if we don't like the law, we'll just change it. Well, that's the mentality, right, uh, of not just Washington, D.C. Uh, I've told the story um, um, multiple times. Uh, the story of the sheriff in the Curtin County, Oklahoma, um, that wanted to um, assassinate a journalist and was caught on tape talking about it. It broke, and then the story went away. And the reason is, is because the powers that be don't want you to know how corrupt they are and how deep into our culture it is, that even the local sheriff is capable of being, well, the most evil man on the face of the earth. You don't have to go to Israel. You don't have to go to Palestine. You don't have to go to Venezuela or one of these other foreign nations. It's happening here, and the corruption happens oh. because we are not paying attention. The, the, the enemy is within our borders right now. That's what got General Flynn in the biggest trouble is that he was pointing out the, the terror cells that were already set up in this nation. And of course, uh, Barack Obama didn't want that to be messed up because that was part of their plan. And uh, the, I, I got to tell you that when I when I was running, I interviewed probably a half of the sheriffs in the state of Michigan. I talked to them, I asked them questions, and I documented their answers and such. And I asked every one of them, I said, why did you not, why didn't you arrest Gretchen Whitmer? She was out of, she was absolutely out of line. She committed acts that should be charged for tyranny by locking the state down to con unconstitutionally. You do not pause people's rights or the constitution for, for any reason whatsoever. And uh, they said, well, and I said, you know that she was she was um, breaking the law. And they said, what are we going to do? We don't have any prosecutors that are going to that are going to um, prosecute it. And I'm like, that doesn't excuse you not moving forward. So when I was talking to the sheriffs, there were only maybe a couple of them that actually understood the constitutional standing of the sheriff's office and the power that it holds to defend the people. Those that are closest to the people are the most qualified to defend it. And it's upside down now. We have a top-down government rather than a the government comes from the people instructing how they want the government to run. It's a service contract. And it's not it's not being treated that way. I, I, I agree 100%. I've been saying, you know, for the longest time, uh, telling people that um, you've got to stand up. You've got to raise your voice. You've, you've got to make yourself and your opinions known because the one thing that politicians don't like and bureauc bureaucracies don't like is attention. They don't like you in their business. They don't want you up in their face. They only want to see you one day uh, uh, every two to three years or four years or six years or whatever their term is. Uh, that's the only time they want to see you. And, and that we have to hold them accountable because the, they refuse to do it themselves. I guess the point is, oh, go, go ahead, go ahead. There's a legal way to do that too. And this is the problem. I mean, I'm seeing these rallies for Palestine jump up all around the United States of America. And I'm like, are you kidding me? We've got, we've got rape, we've got babies, beheaded we've got all of this stuff which you know who knows how much of that is even is is true on either side because the pundit machine is in full full swing here you know for the narrative but yeah. the point being is that if you go and hold a rally as a provocateur in front of the jewish consulate you're in the wrong and i'm sorry all these fights broke out that is not a peaceful protest that is a that is an aggravated 
It's a provocation. provocation. And, and it is, it is not, that is not a legal way to do this. The legal way to do this is to serve notice is to notify your, your public officials. There's a, there's a way to do it and you get it on the record. The point being is that we have a way to back out of this in a peaceful, legal way, but that's, that's going to require people being willing to, to serve notices. You cannot do it in the court system because the court system is rigged. When you have um, in Michigan, they, they are 98% of the cases in Michigan involve money judgments. So the prosecutors are are letting the the cases be seen, which will which will result in a money judgment because they're taking about eighteen percent of every money judgment and putting it into the retirement funds of the courts of the judicial system under the civil action jurisdiction. This yep. is so backwards and so wrong that that uh, and we've been led to believe that these are the ways to fight it, and you don't fight it that way. You you first assume that they don't know what they're doing. You lay out the law to them. You you show your standing as a which is in the republic, and you instruct them how to to behave. If they don't follow the law, you have the standing very easily to remove them. And that's going on right now all over the United States. I have friends in different areas that are that are doing quite a bit of work of that with with that type of thing. You know, Lloyd Brunson too. They're going in the pro se. They they they're doing it pro se, but there's another way to do it too. And it's all lawful. It's all peaceful, and it's effective. Well, you know, that's interesting. I want to get into that here in just a moment. Our, our guest this morning this morning is Donna Brandenburg. Uh, we'll be right back after this message. Our guest this morning is Donna Brandenburg. Uh, she's uh, a serial entrepreneur. She ran for governor in in uh, Michigan and, and ran into some issues there. And we're talking about that this morning. But more importantly, let's get into what's happening uh, here in this country right now today that is the scariest thing that I believe is happening. And I want to get your opinion on it. Um, a few days ago, we learned that the FBI uh, had created a new category uh of terrorist activity, people to keep an eye on. And for the first time in American history, the FBI is now saying you should be watched because of who you voted for in 2020 or who you support in, in 2024. They've gone after MAGA. Within hours of that happening, we had two, two or three Democrats come out, but most importantly, Hillary Clinton come out and claim that MAGA, those who believe in Donald Trump, America first, this country, nationalist, believe America first, that we're the ones that should, that, that, that should, we're the greatest country in the face of the earth. If you believe that, that you should be taken off the streets, put into a, a, a camp and, and deprogrammed. Are we at the end? Is, is this now where the, the, the FBI has, is really now interfering directly in elections because they're saying that one party and one group of people, that they're more likely to, to cause harm to the nation or disrupt the democracy that they they protect so much is, is are we at the end where the government has now turned against half the people? Well, well, I, I could go in a lot of different directions on this actually, and and uh, but the 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 three letter agencies first of all, 
based on a case called Norton versus Shelby County, is absolutely unconstitutional and does not exist. So by the law, they're already outside of the law and the fact that they actually even exist. That's number one. Number two, we have seen so many different events such as J6 with the political prisoners in the United States of America, as well as uh, the, the fake Whitmer kidnapping here in the state of Michigan. Um, and I know people that have been in the investigation on this case, including uh, uh, one of the defendants, they, they kind of broke into his house, wrecked the structure of his house and handcuffed, I think his 10 and 12 year olds daughters and such. This whole thing is terror based terror that's coming from within our own government, in my opinion. They've been interfering with this and nation building across not only in the United States, but across the world for very, very long. Where are the drugs coming from in the United States? They want to blame the cartels. Who's funding them? Well, I hate to tell you this, but it's being funded by the United States. Who yep. fun, who's been funding the terror in the Middle East? Hamas and Hezbollah. That's a creation of what? Of the two of uh, CIA as well as Mossad. They're they're all the the ones on the top are funding both sides of the war. This is nothing new. The Bushes did it during World War II. They were sitting right out there in the North uh, Sea with standard oil and they were providing for both sides of the war and they they didn't care which side won as long as they had the money and that's the same thing that's going on right now so so well we see donna you're absolutely right because just a few days ago uh well a few weeks ago it was announced that before all of this happened with israel that the biden administration was sending 75 million dollars in in aid to palestine well, yeah, and and they the seventy five it was two hours before the the attack we had seventy five million dollars that went there, but we also had money going to Iran, and um and all of the weapons that are showing up are it looks like they're coming a lot of them through through Ukraine and and uh, and uh, Iran itself, you know. So I mean, I mean, there's no there's no two ways about it that there's a there there's a globalist structure sitting on top, and it's a war machine which is all about money and killing people because that's where the money is. So, so there's, there's a lot of problems, but I'll, I'll bring something else up that I think is really interesting. You know, of course I, I, you know, I have one of our companies is in, is in the gas and oil industry where pipeline, we, we own a, I own a pipeline company. In fact, I'm one of the only female pipeline company owners in the United States, which means that we construct and we build, we don't own it. We don't own the product. I just know the industry really well. And, uh, the amount of money that goes that that changes hands just by changing the price of oil, which is mostly manipulated, is also look at the amount of money by destroying the energy independence of the United States. Now, President Trump, the rightful president of the United States, in my opinion, yep. had us in an energy independence state. We were we were exporting the the in a neutral amount of what we were importing. Things were working relatively well. The costs of energy are low. Any country has to have a low, a very economical energy in order to have prosperity for the people as well as businesses to, to succeed. And um, they have been manipulating this by, by shutting us down for years. And in a way, when you look at that, that's kind of, you, you can call it a tax, just like inflation. Inflation is a form of a tax. And when, when you look at how they've manipulated things in order to devalue the dollar and such, and then manipulate the, the oil and the petroleum market overseas, really, really, they have done a terrible disservice to this country. And, you know, I, I, know, I know quite a bit about the, the, uh, the green energy industries too. Like um, we own, a, I own a, a fairly large 
rail facility. It's a it's a large one, and I I did a, a an optimization study years ago with the West the Western Illinois University, and I had them give me some grad students. And what we did is we we ran down some things to see what we could do for the area. It was like a, a work project for the grad students, and one of them that I I kicked to them was look at the let's look at the windmills and the failure of the windmills. So <laughs> we. We dived into this years ago very heavily to see the the deficiency in the in the uh, the grid with with these windmills, and the average cost of windmills to put up is about two million dollars. And then you've got the gathering systems that go to gather the electricity from the windmills, and I couldn't believe what we were finding. You know, windmills uh, windmills lifespan is only about twenty years for two million dollars. You'll never get the money out of it. Number one. They lose 20% of the efficiency just with a grit in the air within tw within two years. Plus, you've got a 30% uh, failure or loss through the through the lines and the gathering systems and such. They decided to replace Freon in the nose cones of them as a coolant with another coolant that is worse than Freon, and they can't seal them up. And the other thing that is more disturbing than anything, and I see that in you know I see these problems that are in the gas and oil fields as well as in the e, you know the electric um, vehicle industry as well as the solar industry as well as in the the windmill industry is you've got to look at the contracts and the contracts for these things never mention the remediation of these windmills exactly so who, get, who gets stuck with it the farmers do farmers yeah. going to be able to pay for them to be to, they're cracked and wrecked windmills to have that infrastructure taken out of their fields no so what's going to happen? Uh, if you want to take a bet from Donna Brandenburg, we're going to have some globalists that are going to come in there and have to buy their land in order to meet the new regulations to remove I'm about to take it down. Yep, because they're going to do it. I guarantee it. Donna, you, you've seen over the last the last few days um, the rhetoric that we've been seeing out of the mainstream media, um, left and right, uh, all the pundits uh, giving their opinions on what's going on in Israel, what's going on uh, with Palestine. And, and for those of us who kind of take a, a step back and look at the bigger picture, and I, and I think that's why, you know, uh, successful entrepreneurs are successful. We don't always take things on their face. Never presented, right? Is that we kind of let, let's let's wait and see. So, um, when this first started happening, I, I woke up. My wife says, "Oh my God, look what's going on!" And I go, "Here we go, here we go. We've we've shifted from COVID to Ukraine, and now from Ukraine because nobody was buying the war, right? right. Nobody wants to go. No, Amer they can't get the rest of the nation to go on. Even the right." couldn't get their their constituents to follow along with them, right? Yep. So now we're not going to war in Ukraine. Now it's going to be war in the Middle East. So the other day, Netanyahu made the claim that once he's done cleaning up Hamas, he's going to head into Iran and he's going to take care of Iran. Uh, with that being the case, what does that lead us to? Being, being a, a strategist, being a business person and, and looking toward the future, what do you think us marching into or having anything to do with Israel going into Iran is going to cause us in this what harm will it cause us in this nation uh well i think that this is such an orchestrated ballet of foolery it's not even funny to, to start out with to look at the sophistication of the israeli intelligence and the military coupled with the u.s military intelligence there's no way that paragliders flew in there unaware and they didn't know that they were coming in there which means that they're complicit and so there's there's no two ways about it. Why did they stand down? 
And the same thing is happening in the United States of America with their open borders. Why are they standing down? Because they're probably funding they're probably funding both sides. Now, I'm not talking about the Israeli people. I love the Israeli people. Same thing with China. I have a big beef with the Chinese government, but I have no quarrel with the Chinese people. Um, I, I, I feel a, the same way here. I don't have yes. any problem with American people. I got a I problem either. with the government. <laughs> I, don't, I, mean, I don't even have, I don't have a problem with anyone that, that no. aligns with either side because people are, have the right to their opinion. Yep. What I have a problem with is the the manipulation, the political manipulation with no goal to benefit the American people, the Israeli people, the Palestinian people or anyone. They're not working for peace. They're working for destruction and to further conflict because that's how they stay in control and make money off of this. That's where I have the big complaint. And uh, so so with with that said, I I just don't think that in that going in guns ablazing anywhere by any government is has the goal of peace it's just escalating things now well, with that said, the, we have to be able to years, donna for the last three years to your point we've been sending you know a uh, boatload of money after boatload load of money after boatload of money over to ukraine and not once not once have you heard republicans or democrats say hey when are we going to get some peace talks going here? right not they're, they're supporting it. They're supporting the conflicts and the, and the money and the money. And that's the other thing that I found out with running for governor. This whole thing is just a money scam. It's an industry that exists to present, protect itself. And you, you listen to them. All they talk about is, well, this one's not raising money. That one's raising money. And you can watch them pass the money back and forth yep. by by uh, all sorts of different means. This has nothing to do with governing the United States. This has everything to do to some out the United States and then watch what, what Biden did with China. Biden yep. was in, you know, the Bidens with China and pretty much just about everybody with, with China that was that was out there. The first the first person I saw in office that I thought had good policies was Donald Trump. And and their sound their sound business policies. I don't care if he has mean tweets. That's great. <laughs> Sometimes Sometimes you need to be a little bit brutal and just tell the truth. Like I, I see in what's crossing our border. This is not refugee. This is an invasion. And yep. it's a paid for, well-funded invasion of the United States. If, if, if we don't get a handle on this, and I think, I think we already don't have a handle on it, this is what started the problem in Israel. It was the state was not protecting the border, and oh, surprise, surprise! They had people in, you know, in Hamas that were spying on Israel from within. Well, who let them in? Yep. Who didn't vet them? And and why was this allowed to happen unless the governments themselves are complicit in these crimes? And well, I, I know that's not going to be a popular opinion, and I really don't care. You know, it's like every everybody's entitled to their opinion. I I see. I, I got kicked off of YouTube and everything else, right? So I started Brandenburg. <laughs> I I started Brandenburg News Network, and so I'm on I'm on uh, you know every every weekday for two hours in the morning, just bringing the stuff to to light too, and and thinking about them as you know we have a responsibility under God Almighty to serve His purposes on the earth, and I think when you look at the Prince of Peace and and that he is the Prince of Peace. He is, you know, he is just in all things. First and foremost, we are supposed to be here to be going about Almighty God's business in serving this world, whether we have an office or not. 
it, it falls on each and every one of us to be introspective, to know what's right and wrong. We know what's right and wrong. People do. I, I refuse to accept that they don't know what's right and wrong. I think they just do it knowingly a lot of times. And uh, and they just don't well, care. I, I think they do it because um, everyone does or has gotten to the point where it's self-serving, right? Yes. Tons of people are narcissists. And they don't see themselves as a narcissist, but everything is about them. They're th what they feel, how they're offended. They don't care what they promote or what they, they put out into the, the universe to everybody else. But to them, the most important thing is do do not do me any harm or offend me. And and that's dangerous when you're not cognizant of what everybody else is doing, right? It's it's like uh, I, 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 sometimes I have it, right? My my ability, my wife says, my ability to walk into a room and say the wrong thing is almost Olympic level. I mean, I, I'm really really good at it. Right? <laughs> Hold my beer. I'm going to tell exactly. you, I do the exactly. same thing too. You know. So so so, but we're at a point now where we have to be willing to not be liked to get to the next step yes. because we are in a position right now, and I believe that. And I love your opinion on this. I don't think we're going to see a 2024 election. I don't and either. Not I don't think we're going to see, if we do see an election, it's going to be really restricted. It'll be all mail in. It'll be all this. So so we get to the point where we're not having elections in this nation anymore to where you show up. Right. It's the normalization oh. of that. Do you well, think we that haven't had one yet? Well, you're we right. I'm sorry to interrupt. Or interrupt you. I'm sorry, but uh, we haven't had elections in decades. And because they're illegal, they have not followed the law. It's like when you look at the electronic voting machines, first of all, you're supposed to have a, uh, I'm just going to distill it down to the base level. You're supposed to count in public and vote in private. Well, the yep. minute you have a machine, you're counting in private. So yep. nobody can see. You can't see what's happening with that. That's on. That's an unconstitutional action right there. And, and number two, the companies it's will say that that's their, Well, Donna, the companies will say that that's their private algorithm. Or that that's their private. Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, intellectual property. Well, then and they take and take responsibility for breaking the law because that's what they're doing, and they're all mm -hmm. foreign involved. And and that, that's what I like to point out, right? Is that what their counter is? The reason they're saying why they do what they do is still illegal. It doesn't matter how many times they explain it away, it's still illegal. Go ahead. Yeah, that's exactly right. So this is something that was really shocking. This is another example of these signatures that we gather to get on the ballot or the, the, the way we get on. And this goes back to the foreign involvement in our elections. The machines are all foreign run. They're, they're all of them foreign run, and I don't care what they say. That is illegal. They are not supposed to. The government is not supposed to be conducting an election. It's supposed to come from we the people. They shouldn't have because you can't have them in charge of it. Otherwise, they're always going to vote themselves in, right? And that's and what they're doing. They'll, they'll create the laws that allow them to do what they're doing. I mean, it, the, the, everything that, that, that happens in this nation, and I want people to understand this. If you know your history, it doesn't matter where you go in history. Right. In Rome, right, during the, the time of, of the Caesars, uh, everything that they did was legal by Roman law. Everything that Hitler did to all of those people, all legal in Germany by German law. And the same thing's happening here. You see, they pass a law, and, and, and Donna, speak to this. If you don't go in and counter that law, then it's the law of the land until someone says it's unconstitutional, correct? It's only law if you defend it. 
It's, it, it, you know, it's like if you've got a right, you only have that right if you're willing to defend it. So at the Board of Elections, Board of Canvassers meeting, I went to one of them and there was a there was a gentleman there that was part of the signature verification uh, network, I would call it that, in Michigan. And he brought up the fact and I, I, I sat there and I just about I just about lost it sitting there listening to this. The guy was talking about the fact that other candidates had hired him to verify signatures of other candidates that were running. Wow. So he said, "What?" So the board of camp, the board of elections, let him in, and he copied the pages, the entire pages. They scanned or copied him of all of the other, of all of the the um, the candidates' right. signature pages. And then get this: first of all, I couldn't go in and look at them. We were going to challenge some of the other other ones. They said, "Nope, it's already been decided," and they didn't give me as a candidate the access to this, which should have been, which is illegal. I had access until January, and they denied me access which is crazy. And so he comes in and he said, they let him in as an outsider, unvetted, non-verified, nothing. He took copies of all the signature pages and shipped them to Bangladesh to be verified. And then he came out and this is on record. And he comes out and he says, and they verified it against past signatures, which they'd already had in their possession. This has been going on for a very, very long time. Wow. Our guest this morning is Donna Brandenburg. We'll be right back after this message. We're back with our guest, Donna Brandenburg. We're talking about, well, her plight in Michigan, what's going on in the planet. Let's talk about uh, home here, Donna, and uh, closing up here. Um, we've got a lot of issues going on. We've got the FBI who says they're going after MAGA. We've got Hillary Clinton who says that MAGA people should be rounded up and deprogrammed. We've got an open border with both illegals and deadly drugs coming across. We've got potential World War III. Our economy is collapsing. Where do we start fixing this crap? Well, I'd say everybody better get a little preparation work done at home because if you can't uh, if you can't depend on those structures which you're used to on a daily basis, you should probably start doing a little preparation work, knowing your friends and family, and finding out who has what talent and that sort of thing, so that if if there is a if there is a breakdown, that you are prepared to take care of those that those whom you love. I think that it's very important for people to make their voices known and to contact the legislature of your state. That's that's where where you should be working. The local the local. Um, officials too that are that are sitting in the seats, con- you know, contact them. But realize that I think it's gonna. This is gonna fall on us as individuals and communities to really be a strong force for protecting those that we that we love. And uh, thank God for the Second Amendment. That's what I can say right now because yep. they. It was funny to watch how quickly Israel you know, uh, canned their, their, their gun control legislation over there and started telling everybody you should be armed. I yep. believe in that very strongly. I think every single person should have sh- that, that wishes to and is physically able to should be armed. It used to be the militia was every able, able-bodied uh, adult from the ages, I believe, of 16 to 40. So, I, sometimes you're 45, sometimes you're 65. Yep. 
who, who, who are supposed to be defending their area. I believe that, that, you know, that we should take that very seriously. And uh, that is the only amendment in the Constitution that calls it necessary. It is yep. necessary. Therefore, can, can you imagine how if things would have been different, different if the people in Israel had themselves been armed and somebody came in that was a terrorist, yep. they wouldn't have been just sitting there like sitting ducks to have somebody kill them and their loved ones or run off with, you know, with kids with children and uh, Israel, Israel has a mandatory service. So you have to be in the military for at least two years in, in, in the state of Israel. That means that everybody in that country has served, right? The vast majority of that country. So they are, these are not, uh, these are not just normal citizens. These are, um, they're soldier citizens. They've been yes. through the process, the training. They, they, they've served their nation holding a gun you know, and, and guarding streets. So the fact that they were taken by surprise, that they couldn't fight back, tells you how swift and how fast this is. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you an example here, Donna. My wife three years ago thought I was insane. When I told her where I thought all this was going, going to end up, she said, you're insane did not believe me. In fact, she was on the verge of divorce. She thought that I was depressed and that I was negative. And I go, I'm not negative. I'm just stating the facts. This is what's happening. This is where it's going. Um, two weeks ago, my wife goes out and buys her own firearms. For the first time she has in her entire life of almost 60 years old, she went out and bought her first shotgun and her first handgun. Good for wow. her. She sees it. She sees the writing on the wall. And if you don't, I think you're being childishly naive. So if we have this situation in America, what we saw happen in, in Israel, where you've got a group of people who decided that the rules no longer apply. By the way, I believe that we're already there, but the rules no longer apply. Right. And what's to stop them? A group of 50, 60, 100 men doing the exact same thing in communities across the, the nation. How long would it take to round them up? How, how much damage could they do in this country doing exactly what they did in, in Iran now, I, or in, in Israel? I know that we are an armed citizenry, but you've got to be ready. When somebody blows the door off your house and, and charges in, you've got to have your firearm there. I mean, now, what if what I've seen, I keep my, I've got mine sitting here next to me. I've got at least one firearm within hand's reach anymore because of what happened in Israel. Do you think that that's uh, being scared or is that being prepared? I, I don't think it's a bad idea at any point in time that you should be ready to protect your property. That's a right given by God and uphold, upheld by the Constitution. So, you know, if, if you're waiting for, I mean, look at the response time for, for cops. If you think you're going to, you know, make a call to the police or somebody else to help you in a time where things are melting down, your response time is not even existent at that point in time because they will create a diversion that will leave the population pretty well bare. That's what they've done in policing over the years. That's why they have destroyed community policing and the sheriff's department and gone to state police uh, being the pr primary form of policing. It it's kind of backwards. That should be a crime scene as well as forensics and the community policing should take precedence. precedence. But that's why they've gotten so many drugs in here is because they've destroyed the community policing so that people, they, there's just not enough of them. And uh, so guess what? Uh, tag everybody. You're it. You're going to you're going to have to step up and and decide that that you will protect your property and and those that you love. You have that right to do that. Now, um, I, I think that if everybody decides to take that pretty seriously, it's not going to take too long 
you know, to protect their own property. That's that's really what you need to do is protect well, your I, own property. I, I, I think that we learned a valuable lesson from the Kyle Rittenhouse situation. And most Very people, true. I don't think, looked at that the way that it should have been looked at. But what it showed is, is that when you're under attack, you have the right to defend yourself regardless. And if what I think is going to happen happens in the next year, that we have the same kind of situation and terroristic attacks in our nation um, from these outside forces. I mean, we saw just the other day, as soon as this happened, the Democrats aligned with Palestine, the Palestinians. Of course they did. Black Lives Matter aligned with the, the Palestinians. Of and course they did. Has aligned with the, the Palestinians. Meanwhile, the FBI is aligning against MAGA. So does it get better or does it get worse in the next 12 months? Oh, they're, they're all working together. And I mean, I think the, the smart thing is, is if we had somebody that was in office that actually designated some of these some of these organizations as terrorist organizations, because BLM was a terrorist organization. It was a corporation. They did $2 billion worth of damage. If any of the rest of us had a corporation that was responsible for that kind of damage, we would have paid for it and somebody would have gone to jail within yep. the organization. You, yep. you don't have the right to burn down cities. You know, Newsflash, that is a terrorist organization. Antifa was a terrorist or organization. They've kind of, you know, put their tails between their legs and jumped back in the shadows. But I think a lot of these same people are stepping up because all they want to do is create uh, create uh, confusion and chaos in the streets and, and cause harm. They are domestic terrorists. Santa Muerte, it's one of the gangs that have crossed the, the border. Somebody needs to be in office that that designates them a terrorist organization because the, they're they're involved in 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 uh, you know dismembering people. They, this is part of their this is part of their sad religion. This is a terrorist organization, and until we designate them as a terrorist organization, be very strategic about it and get ahead of them and not wait for them to attack, but be done with this. You know, you you don't you don't get to you don't get to have the platform to go in and infringe on someone else's property or rights. The minute you do that, you are, you are breaking the law. And uh, the, 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 one of the biggest problems we have is we have not had the rule of law in the United States for a very, very long time. And that we need to return to the rule of law and protect those without a voice, um, the most vulnerable, the, the, the people that are most in danger, and of course the children. And that this whole nonsense with the human trafficking that's going on, if, if we don't think that our government, our own government isn't involved in it, we're, we're kidding ourselves because they are. And uh, Michigan is, is they, they say we're number third in human trafficking. I would say we're probably closer to number one because we've got the water, we've got an international port here. We've got a real quick way to make people disappear in the state of Michigan. and. Uh, it's everywhere, though. Every state in this nation has turned into a border state. Yep. So it's it's 100%. time for the it's time for the governors to step up and and deal with this border issue and close their borders down and protect the people in the state. It the it, it's it's should be. It should be go without explanation that the governors need to step up and, and be involved in it instead of running running around trying to play political bingo out there. Um, it, it's it's just too bad. But it, but one of, it, one of the, the end of it. One of the things that you hit on earlier, Donna, was that um, talking to your state legislature, talking to the local. I, I, I've said this for a long time. Our problems may be coming out of D.C., but they start at home. Sure. Is that when when the state legislature 
doesn't protect the people's rights, when it doesn't hold the federal government accountable for what it's doing, when it partners with the federal government instead of protecting our rights, there's too much intertwined. Do you believe that governments, the state governments, should start making a a clear delineation between who they are and what the the federal government is and get rid of all of these federal government programs and deem them as unconstitutional, that they cannot be used in the state? What's the process for that? What would you what would you propose that people do and get involved with in that? Tenth Amendment re- is the state's rights. There is only um, there's only 18 designated uh, powers to the legislature, and they're all outside of it. So hold them accountable. The legislature needs to be held accountable. Laws are made in the in the legislature, and so if the policies are wrong, that's the first place you need to go. Is is uh, is the legislature and your and your local government entities around you? It's easier to hold the smaller the the smaller the entity in government, the easier it is to to affect change. So your right. school boards, your your local government, and such, and uh, and then work your way up to the to the legislature. And if the judges are not making a legal ruling on it, then go after this judge. You know, as far as and I'm not, you know, nobody out there gets stupid. I'm not talking guns of blazing. I'm talking about in a legal way, go after them and have them removed through, say, like a judicial tenure uh, board. You can go after them through a judicial tenure board and start filing complaints on them, because when you talk to the record, you're it's like anything else. You're establishing a case. And right. and eventually you're you're putting together more and more evidence to be able to act on, and that's a that's a really important thing. The great thing is is that no matter how hard they try, they can't kill the American spirit. That's they right. can't. We are America. We're Americans. We're a bunch of mutts. This yep. is the melting place of the United States. And uh, I'm a farm girl, right? I have horses and chickens and dogs and all that sort of thing. I want to tell you what the mutt in the in the group is always the is always the strongest dog in the pack. And we're a bunch of mutts. We were taught. We're around the same age. We were taught that we're a melting pot. And if you know anything about steel, right? You know anything about metal, it becomes stronger the more you melt it together. The more the individual parts and elements come together and they melt together, they seem together. If you've got a special piece of metal in there that is not allowed to to, to melt with the others, but it remains in there, Right. And then you've got another one over here and you've got another one over there, which is all these special interest groups where people have special rights. They've got special benefits, you know, depending on who they sleep with or what the color of their skin was or where they were born or what their religion is. All of those things, those weaken us when we start to use those as division. Right. Instead of melting together and everybody getting along, when people start to say, I'm special because of what I do. Do you see that as being one of the most dangerous things in this country right now, that the division, uh, a political division in particular, but among these these groups where most people don't have any problems, right? I don't get up in the morning. I agree. I impress someone, right? So, so how do we move forward with that and get that people's mindsets to change that we're all in this together? We really are. Well, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, you hear the black and white and this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, I've never seen a truly black individual nor of truly white individual, you know, I'm kind of a shade of pink or something. And some people have more tans in the summer. I'm tan, you know, and there's, there's different, there's different, you know, there's, we're in the middle of a culture war right now. And the only way to get past this culture war is to lay down those weapons on things that try to make us feel special. 
Right. It's like a six-year-old standing on a stage to say, look at me, look at me. No, that, that's not the way we do it. Adults stand there to defend each other, even if we're different. And I know you and I are very, very strong defenders of, of free speech. That That is important. We don't have to agree with everyone. No. So if we listen for information rather than listening to respond and treat every single person with, with the respect that they're coming to the table with something God gave them to share with with us, the world, whatever. And if we listen and respect, we don't start building teams and elevating people to the new savior that's come out of, of yep. whatever direction they're coming into and listen to the best option so that we remain as one nation. We're, we're all a bunch of little kids like running around when it really comes to trying to figure out this thing called life no matter who we are. None of us are perfect. Everyone's made mistakes and continues to make mistakes. And so there was only one perfect and he refused to throw a stone. And outside of that, we, we, we walk around and if somebody falls, pick them up, yep. help them walk. Yep. And, 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 you know, hopefully, hopefully they'll, they'll be healed of the things that, that they're struggling with because this nation is absolutely divided and people are struggling. Uh, lay the offense down. Don't let anybody offend you. Let them say what they want. It has nothing to do with you. It's how their minds think. Right. And then go go at it. They're, they just played their poker hand of what the craziness in their head's going on with, you know. So let them be crazy. Don't take well, on their crazy. I, I tell people offense is something you create in your own head. I, I didn't create it. it you is. created it. Right. You, you've imagined something that I didn't intend to happen. So that's all on you. I can't control that. And uh, even if they did intend for it to happen, who cares? You who know, cares? it's still I their craziness. Right. I hurt your feelings. Um, so so based on what you just said and based on where we are currently, uh, and I think we're in alignment that that you don't think that it's going to be a normal election in 2024. Uh, if you had to go on a limb and make a prognostication of what you think is going to happen um, and what they have to do to, to maintain their grip on power, what do you think that is? I will, there's going, there almost has to be, um, looking at the indicators, the financial indicators, we are past crash. And we're, this nation is in a, in a worse, uh, the indicators are that this nation is in a worse predicament than what we were in before the, the Great Depression. Yep. And so I think we're going to see a tremendous financial crash. I'm very concerned about our power grid. I've been studying this for a very long time and explaining to people that there's basically three different regions in the United States for power. We have never had a black start on our power grid. This should be frightening. All of, of the 12 critical infrastructure um, uh, uh, Areas of, what, do you, what do you mean by black start? What does that mean? A black start is that when the when the power grid goes down uh, entirely. So what we we've had places where say like Cleveland had a a, a a power outage there, and it it spread to different areas around Cleveland. It's a great case study to see what happens when the power grid starts to blow, and it, and it it goes from one to the next to the next because as the as one area fails. The next one has to take the traffic and then the next one. And it's a compounding issue. It happened in Cleveland a few years ago, and it makes a very good case for what happened. A black start is when the entire United States goes dark. And if we have out of the 12, the, the 12 um, uh, critical areas that we have, if they take nine of them out, and these are small areas, 
the entire United States will go dark. And this is not something that we recover from easily. Most of the parts are from outside of the United States and you have to take energy to make energy. Right. You know, so like if this area, if this area over here, run, you know, it has some sort of a transformer that blows or the substation blows or something like that, you're, you're going to have to pull from another area to get this one restarted. And, you know, God, God forbid, if you can't get the parts, well, most of our parts for, for these, the, um, the big transformers and such, where they come from from Germany. A lot of them are overseas and a lot of them are Germany. And each one of them are billions of dollars. It's not something you're going to trade out. If they take the power grid out, it's going to be, you know, there's a few things that we can do because we do have some mobile, we do have some mobile um, generators out there that, that we could put into place, but it's not going to be a five minute fix here. No. You're not going to call yeah. consumers and say, okay, how long before my power's on? They're going to be, are you kidding me? That was and, the analysis that we came to, Donna. Uh, we did this about two years ago when there was a threat. We were talking about the potential threat of an EMP and what would it do, right? So everybody knows the effect right? It destroys the electrical grid. You're screwed for a long time. But what people didn't realize is how long that is. So when it, when it screws with a, uh, your engine, that's one thing, but when it screws, when it messes up generators, that means that generator is ruined for life. It's got to be stripped out. A brand new one has to come in and let's just look at Hoover Dam, right? Lake Mead. Right. Do you know what it was estimated how long it would take to get one of, I think they have nine or 12 generators out there. All of them would be destroyed, but just to bring one back to, to get the first one produced and back in, do you know what the estimate was? How many years? I don't know how many years. 27, 27, 27. years, 27 years to get one generator rebuilt because you're building to your point, everything from scratch again. So to build the first yes. generator, you have to have power being able to, to create the first generator. Yes. And it would, I think, we, have a generator. I think we could get it back up and running at least partially within 18 months, but that's, um, you know, Hoover Dam is a, is a issue all of itself. That's, that's very complicated. Well, they're, very, but, they're specialized, right? So that the generator at Hoover Dam is not the same at a nuclear plant or at another hydroelectric plant. They're, they're all different. The, the units are not interchangeable. So they're all custom to that facility. Um, right. And that's why it takes so long to get a new one rebuilt because you've got to gear up and 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 uh, so on for for the rebuild. And, and well, let me put it this way: regardless of what happens, I think we've got dark days ahead. Would you agree? Yeah, we 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 would have we would have time where we were going to be sitting in the dark, and you better be able to keep yourself warm and uh, have have a supply of say some food and medicine and such. And I know, like, I think it's important to think about not just your own, your, your own safety and, and provision, but think about the people around you. If every single person prepared and said, you know what, I'm going to think about 20 people around me and I'm going to try to be prepared at least for a period of time to be helpful until, you know, until we can get things up and running. I think that if, if somebody stepped into into place in a in a crisis like that, the the there are some there are some quicker fixes to this 
to get things moving. But it's it's going to take it's it would it would take somebody that was pretty sharp to do that, and not what we have sitting in the seats right now, <laughs> which is which is that are only out for themselves. You know, they'd be like, all right, you know, off with all their heads and let them take all their stuff. You know, you, we need somebody in 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 place to say, okay, let's assess the situation and assess all of the um, all of our assets. What what do I have to work with? What's left to work with here? And then just start putting the plan together because in a, in a type of time of crisis, you can plan as much as you want to plan ahead of time. I am an overachiever in the planning department. I, I love to plan and, and try to figure things out and say, well, if this goes wrong, I'm going to go in this direction and I'll have this thing mapped out like a friggin' tree, you know, right. 20 years out with, with, uh, with, uh, ways that I can adapt and, and adjust, you know, but, but when, when you come to a true, true crisis, you're going to have to have enough knowledge on, on where to pull from different areas and kind of build based on what you're left with. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of, to me, that's not a scary thing. To me, that's like, it sounds, it sounds it's like, a, it sounds like an adventure and kind of exciting. It's like, yep. you know, it's, it's a, it's a amazing to see how many people you can help in the shortest amount of time. What do you do? What do you do? And that should be, uh, that should be in the foremost in front of everybody's mind. Go first to God. God, what do you want me to do? He'll tell you. And then he'll provide the way. And the way is always to take care of, of people, humanity, and God's creation. Donna, thanks so much for joining me this morning. Uh, Donna Brandenburg has been our guest. Donna, where can people find you and get more information about what you're doing? What's your socials? Oh, okay. Well, I'm on, I, I write every single post or I do all the posting on my Telegram channel. I like Telegram because they don't really censor too much. And that's at Brandenburg, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-B-U-R-G, the number four M-I on Telegram. I'm also on on uh, Twitter and uh uh, let's see what else am I on. I'm on like I'm on a bunch of different things. So in the morning for Brandenburg News Network, it's it's BrandenburgNewsNetwork.com, and I'm on at nine o'clock in the morning, five days a week, except today. Today I took off. I was supposed to be at that court um, that court hearing today, and uh, so uh, uh, that you can find me there, Brandenburg. Uh, newsnetwork.com. You can get a hold of me in, a, in a, a variety of ways. You know, I usually put my phone number out there for people because I think that in government, if we're going to step forward, we need to t start treating each other as friends and family. And so um, if you have, if you if you want to talk sometime or, or if you find some information that you think is important, you can text me at 616-430-4410. Um, I have two Rumble channels also, so I'm I'm all over the place. Donna for governor, because I'm still not conceding the 2022 election. It was rigged. It was stolen. It was uh, unlawful. It should never have been accepted because the, the voice of we the people, that is the ultimate infringement on First Amendment rights, is right. when one vote is not heard. And there, you know, that we aren't counting, not, not just a win, but to make sure that the will of the people is carried out. That's the most important. So yeah, I'm I'm not conceding the election, and I won't concede until we we see the the 2020 election and the 2022 election uh, reversed and righted, made right at any rate. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Tim. This is a, a delight. Thank you so much. 
Donna, you're welcome anytime. Uh, don't forget, if you haven't been over to KramerSays.shop to help out our J6 detainees, go do that now. 100% of the proceeds go to them and their families. And if you want free speech, get on our free speech platform, KramerSays.com. If you like talking to, to patriots and interacting with patriots and not having to deal with the, the, the idiots on the other social media programs or platforms, go right now, KramerSays.com. Thanks again. My name is Kramer. This is Kramer Says Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow or as soon as we can. We'll see you then.